So 134 of Podcast Podroid. My name is Russell and it is a little over 24 hours after one of the great nights in the annals of Welsh footballing history. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried that I'm getting a little bit hyperbolic here um, and, and, and exaggerating things. Um, there's been a lot of good nights of late. Uh, Rich, um, am I, what am I, you know, is, is, it, um, is it fair to call it? You know, one of the great nights. Definitely, in terms of the scale of what it could and probably will mean for the history of the game um, in our country, and as well for Gareth Bale and just the performance of the atmosphere, David Yuan, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, truly an incredible night. Iconic, incredible. Because uh, the atmosphere was pretty electric, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I was watching from um, from home. I wasn't at the game, but and it kind of, but it just kind of really came through the screen and I mean even I guess I think the idea of getting people in early which when I've when I've been and people have been there early it really does add something and it kind of builds to something big by kickoff was that I, I assume that's what it felt like in the stadium as well yeah well I've, I've gotten to routine I've taken my my younger two and my eldest goes off with his mates now which I'm I don't know, I'm kind of jealous he's got all that like ahead of him you know yeah. the, the whole um formative teenage years of uh of going to the game you know with your mates but yeah so i i to be honest i have got i've got i don't need any excuse to get there really it's just far less stressful frankly but um th- there was a, a palpable sense that there's there's something potentially can happen tonight that's going to be that's going to be special and i think you know in the end we made a little bit of you know arguably heavy weather of it in the number of chances we we left out there but people seem really, really pumped, and there was not. I know sometimes you'll see the odd empty seat or two, and, and people you know can't make it the game. Obviously, COVID is spreading like wildfire again. It appears, or it feels. I could, I couldn't see an empty seat around me in the Ninian at all. Not, not literally, not one. You know, everyone who wanted to be there was there, and they got there fairly quickly as well and early, as you say. And it just added to it. It, it, it was it was really, really good. And to be fair, you know, with the way they, they, the FAW arrange a stadium, build it all up. Yes, there's David Yuan, but, you know, there's the light, there's Zombie Nation. But, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff to, to, to keep to keep you interested, certainly to keep keep catching the kids' attention as well, which I think is important as well. Adds that sense of sense of occasion. No, just, just amazing from... Not not from the first minute, just from the first uh, forty five minutes to an hour beforehand as well. Well, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And like, we're really fortunate in our nation that our national sport has got such a brilliant governing body. I think that's amazing, and we're really, really lucky. And we're probably old enough to remember that it perhaps hasn't always been the case. No, no. But there's there's this kind of what's the word? There's almost this. It's almost kind of like this call and answer thing, isn't it? The fans will make demands, or well, demands is maybe unfair, but the fans will maybe come up with ideas. Uh, you know, for example, the anthem. I mean, for years we'd have this kind of female opera singer on there, and 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 it was just completely unnecessary. And we sort of said as fans, uh, look, we don't need it. Just give us a chance. And then we we stepped up to the plate. And then and then therefore W will maybe suggest something. And it's this kind of call and answer thing. This and it's it's there's a mutual respect there 
and I think um, I think that's great. And it just keeps keeps everybody on their toes. It keeps us keep coming up with the ideas. We're having to keep uh, stepping up to the plate in the stadium, and then the FAW come up with ideas. I just think it's I think it's it's, it, it's great. Just both of us just keeping each other on our toes. Well, yeah, and as well, I think you kind of you can include the players in that. It's kind of like a three way thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The players are all you know really kind of super professional, and they would give give their best either way, but. You, you can tell that it does give them an extra boost. And when they're kind of, when they're making comments about the crowd, it's really obvious they're not kind of, they're not platitudes. They are genuinely really appreciative and um, and see it as like a, t- a team effort extending to the crowd. And it's wonderful. And that's kind of part of the reason that we can have these iconic nights. Other than the fact we've got some incredible players, <laughs> some more incredible than others, um, particularly one. But yeah, we, we, it's, the perfect, um, it's the perfect mix. Gaz and I, when we got together and Hugh Davis sort of joined us as well to preview it, we were lucky in the sense, luck, luck's not the word, there's just the one competitive game this window rather than the two for, 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 for awful, awful circumstances. But those circumstances are what they are. So I called it almost like a cup final. Yes, I know it's only the first of, of the two playoff games potentially, but in terms of this window, it was a cup final. We just had to invest everything in this first fixture Tuesday now is just an absolute just walk in the park. I mean, it's just such a relaxed fixture in, in, in many respects. I think that kind of helped a little bit in terms of how, as I said, how Paige was able to manage the squad and, and how Bale was just able to leave it all out there. Exceeded my expectations massively in terms of how many minutes he had in the tank and all that kind of stuff. By the same token, it also puts the pressure on you knowing that actually this is it. You know, there is no holding anything back. There is nothing else in the, in part, on the part of the players to have to, to have to manage and have to be kind of wary of and, you know, and be alert to for the second fixture. It kind of raises the bar a little bit as well. They were just stellar, stellar, all of them. Yeah, and I think it, it suits our players because I think, aside from kind of one or two notable exceptions, we haven't got 11 or even kind of like 15 players who are used to navigating incredibly sort of tricky end of season campaigns where there's like huge final after huge final and so on um so like i think our players can get up for one-off big games and we kind of we've sort of proven this in the past it, it was a huge 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 benefit having like the one-off game um like you say it was it, it was massive yeah wood for rob page yeah <clears throat> i'm kind of i've always been neither in the pro camp or in the anti-camp. But yet again, judging on a match-by-match basis, he got it absolutely spot mm. on. The way he set the team up and the instructions given to the players enabled them to... I mean, it, it was 2-1. It, it could have been 4-1. It could have been 5-1. Without it reflected in the scoreline, we, we blew them away um, for huge, huge parts of that game. And that was because of the way the team was set up. And it was because of the selections. I mean, I would have played Ampadu in midfield. And had Ramsey in Wilson's role, he didn't, and his way of playing was, was the correct way. It's interesting, you, know, you, you look at the teams that we've lost to under him, you know, the decent teams, France, Belgium, Italy, and not, well, Denmark are a decent team, but they were also like incredibly fired up as well in the Euros, given mm. what had happened in their, in their opening game with Christian Eriksen. Um, Pretty much, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been all plain sailing. I mean, the Estonia draw at home was well, it wasn't great. We just about got over the line in in Belarus, for example. But in the games where it's really really matters, so Turkey would be another one in the in the Euros. He seems to have he seems to have got that big game of mentality. He's got that sorted, and it's not like it's like you said, you know, getting up for the one, you know, for the, getting up for the big games, the one off games. 
not in a way where we're dragging the opponents down to our level, as as may have been the past, it may have been the case in the past. It's like you said, it's dominating teams like we did with Turkey. It felt a lot like that Turkey game in the Euros mm-hmm. to me. But but thanks to all that, there was a little wobble, wasn't there, very early on? And I went back and had to look at the the highlights. It's Davis that just sort of gets he kind of steps out, and Roden's caught up in a little bit of no man's land. Um, Baumgartner comes through. I think it's a little Nico deflection onto the bar, isn't it? Yeah, that was a huge, huge touch from Nico. That slide, yeah. um, massive, because that was going in otherwise. So loops up, hits the bar, and it's a little scare, and it's almost kind of that that scare you need just to just to make them remember, <laughs> remind them that they're in a big, big fixture. After that, you know, I know they scored deflection, but there wasn't any. You know, I didn't feel like they were hurting us through the course no. of the game, even when they had. That's, what was it, 10, 12, maybe 15 minutes of possession in the middle of the second half, more or less after they scored. They scored at the kind of the start of that that period of pressure. Um, but at the same time, I felt we were kind of letting them have the pressure, knowing that we would and could hurt them on the on the break. Yeah, I mean, they, they were so vulnerable on the break. I guess they felt like they had no other option but to be really high up the pitch. But yeah, I mean, had had Daniel James had his uh, shooting boots on, they would have been, it would have been total carnage. Um, and he worked hard all night. He defended from the front really, really well. I thought, but people are going to remember because this is just you know, it's just the natural order of these things. People are going to remember the misses again. Going back to the highlights, the one in the second half where Ramsey just sort of. It's almost just kind of, he just sort of gently lobs the ball over the defence for James to run onto. I thought actually it was quite a good save. Um, you know, it was low. He hit it well. It was low to the to the keeper's right. You know, he had other chances as well. But yeah, I mean, that could have been, if that was four or five, I don't think Austria would have had any complaints in all honesty. No, no. But I mean, I guess for, for Dan James, the threat was the ball over mm. the top. And... Austria knew that. I mean, they didn't change their tactics to try and cover it. Maybe they knew he just was never going to score. The threat of him on the pitch, and I kind of I agreed with keeping him on um, as long as they did, purely because it was. I mean, ultimately, he was going to score at some point in theory. So that kind of that threat being there, I think, was effective, and it was a really important part of the game plan. Yeah, even if the, the threat was more perceived than, than real <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in in the end. But that's the thing, isn't it? It just shows. It just shows that. Just shows that seed of doubt, isn't it? It's just like okay, and the same with Bale as well. You know, even when he was beginning to, and I'd love to see the GPS data because don't get me wrong, absolutely colossal performance. He wasn't putting in a huge amount of mileage in that second half, and that's fine. He knows his body; he can manage himself, and he can still influence the game. Nevertheless, because again, it's just it's just there. It's him, and his presence influences the behaviours and reactions. Of uh, you know the positions that they take up of, of the opposing defenders, um, but you know you could imagine if the, if if Bale went off on on eighty minutes for argument's sake, defenders are thinking, oh phew, yeah. right, good, we've seen the back of him now, and it gives them a little bit of a lift in their game, I suppose, just keeping him on and James, as you said, just keeps sowing that seed of doubt, doubt really. Yeah, and and had they had they equalised to make it two all, Bale would have, Bale would have scored another. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just gonna, it, it just wasn't going to work out for them for as long as Bale was on the pitch. He was going to do what was needed to be done. And I mean, like th- that free kick, that, I mean, that's his best free kick that he scored. I can't really think of many other free kicks that any player has scored, to be honest. I mean, free kicks are a bit different in that they are kind of 
pretty much much of a muchness if you're looking at like the most incredible ones but this would fit comfortably against any free kick ever just how how much he was in the top corner the speed i mean all, all of it no keeper in the world ever could have said that it was undefendable wasn't it because you, you can't yeah. ask any more of the wall either you know the wall was well no. positioned that's exactly where where it should be i mean i'd be interested if there's any you know, professional elite level goalkeeping coaches here, but I mean, where else does that wall go? The goalkeeper um, was well positioned to begin with, and he's not as if he did like, if you remember the Slovakia keeper in the in the Euros, he takes that one step to the right and then, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, to the left, and then realizes the ball's going to his right. Linda takes a step to his left, you know, he knows pretty much exactly where this is going and, and still couldn't get there. And like you said, it's in the corner and he's basically got just that, literally just that corner to aim for that that that's the only spot that that ball was going to go in the net deftly deftly just brushes the the underside of the bar and and, it, and then it goes and then it's just just bedlam <laughs> yeah. just un, undefendable undefendable but this is what the best sports yeah. people of all time do. they just bend to their will and yeah, make it happen yeah. and it's and it's, it's not that, as even if he'd had a like a range finder like you know, a couple of minutes earlier, just to sort out the, the you know mm. the angles and the pace and the touch, that he just that's his first free kick and he just 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 buries it like that, and I, it was remarkable. I, I I heard it on it was you and Roberts saying it on the radio this morning. Although apparently on the on the the SOC coverage, um, Nick Parry said it as well. Dav Pritchard put it in his um, his, his kind of match review as well on on the BBC website. That's his first free kick he scored for us since England in the Euros, and it's one of those facts where I just thought. Well, that can't be true, but it but it clearly is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling. I know, yeah. A little bit. But his second goal was a brilliant oh, as well, wasn't it? Absolutely stunning. Easy for that one to go somewhat under the radar when you're comparing it to like the, the best free kick he's ever scored. But it, it was superb. It was absolutely, really, really a brilliant finish that any forward would be delighted with. And I can't decide, having watched it over and over and over, I still can't quite decide, has he really hit that? Like... You know, put his laces through it or is there a bit more of a deafness to that or is it remarkably kind of like both it it the, the angle and the flight of the ball suggests that he's it's a bit more of a defter finish but then the way his body is positioned as he strikes it suggests he's just like i said put his put his foot right through it i still can't decide and i've watched it over and over again remarkable technique i think it's the alchemy yeah. that happens and it's just both it's both all of it's all of it. it. It has to be because, because I can't, like I said, I can't decide which one it is. So therefore, it can be neither, and it has to be both. And and like you said, al- alchemy, I think, is just the perfect, the perfect word. But he was, you know, he was like, you know, the way he was just talking to the to the referee, um, which I think he's, I think he's brilliant the way he does that as well. The way he was buying free kicks, not all of them came off, but he was working the referee. He was. You know, you sometimes see on social media, don't you? These these kind of like show um, show reels, these highlight reels of players of, of their you know all their touches in a ninety minute for argument's sake, right? If you did that, forget all his touches, all the time that he went down, you know, whether it was a legitimate foul where he's completely barged off the ball, and or whether he's you know he's playing the game a little bit, he seems to be working out which ones is the ref going to give, which ones he isn't, and I just thought it, I just I just thought that was a, a, a an incredible element to his game as well, just the. Well, dark arts, just you know, smart football. The way that we we used to watch good players play, how they used to play against us, and we used to get frustrated at how they would win the referee mm-hmm. over at, to our detriment, at our expense. That's what he's doing, and you could see them just getting so annoyed by it. 
I just thought that was an incredible element to his game and hasn't really been picked up on. And again, for obvious reasons, because the goals are amazing. But just how he influences and just puts pressure on the referee. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think probably because of his, what he rose to prominence for was like like super explosive kind of movement and goals and stuff. His like intellect on the pitch is really, really high. And it, and it probably always, always mm. has been, but it's even more prominent now, like the more experience he's got. And he's kind of shown that with us like many, many times. I mean, the kind of the on-pitch intellect to get through that entire game is, is brilliant because, I mean, you can kind of train fitness as much as you want, but that doesn't really replicate onto the pitch. He had to use his brain to kind of navigate that 90 minutes to make sure he lasted and potentially be ready to kind of go go into yeah. extra time, um, which thankfully we didn't no. have to do. Um, <laughs> that, 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 was, that was a worry. We probably, guys and I probably spent disproportionately, disproportionately long um, discussing it and then on, on, so, on the socials afterwards. But that was, that was a bit of a... A bit of a worry, but um, as, as but as Paige said, I want to get I want it done in the ninety, and arguably it was done in in less than an hour, I suppose. Um, notwithstanding them them pulling one back, um, that's thirty eight goals for him now. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he can get to fifty? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should arrange another game with this <laughs> maybe, but I don't. Um, yeah, yeah, he could do. He, like I think, I mean, it's crazy. Like. On the one hand, you think, well, he might just play in the World Cup and quit football. That's conceivable, yeah. definitely. But on the other hand, if he finds a club that suits his needs and kind of gives him that passion to keep on playing, I mean, why why couldn't he play for another four years? I mean, other players now are playing into their extremely late 30s, early 40s in some cases. With his ability and skill set, I don't see why he couldn't. It would just be if he wants to and if it's the right club who kind of understands what he needs but it will be his decision but i'm sure if he wants to get to 50 he'll, he, he will do what's needed to get to 50 well as the as the song goes he, he does he does what he wants um, <laughs> um he does john roden's been getting on the socials a huge amount of praise um i'm gonna put it out there i don't think he was even the best defender on the pitch i thought ethan ampadu was immaculate roden made an error early on i thought he took a little bit of time just to get the game not unsurprisingly given how little he's played for spurs and yeah he grew into the game and then it was just kind of bread and butter stuff for him really stick his head on all of them get his body in the way that's just joe roden's game ethan ampadu was immaculate his distribution was wonderful his positioning was wonderful the number of times a ball was kind of a high ball or a long ball was kind of put anywhere near him he seemed to be able to work out do i headed this away and as a, as a clearance or am i just going to deftly cushion it and just lay it off to Joe Allen or deftly cushion it and lay it off to Connor Roberts. I just ran out of superlatives for him and I thought Roden was more the more obvious and the more kind of explicitly kind of dominating performance. I thought Ethan Ampadu was absolutely immaculate last night. Absolutely immaculate. Yeah, he was, yeah, that sums it up really well. He was unreal. Just like technique and his positioning and just his calmness. I mean, this is a guy who now is playing, albeit for, and they're currently on quite a poor run, but um, he, he's playing every single week for a team where every result matters. And he, and he is one of their main players um, and has been all season, really. Joe Rodon, yeah, I agree. He he looked initially like a guy who hadn't played um, much football. And he's, he's probably a defender who does need to play, I think. And he kind of, yeah, you're right. Again, he became more prominent when it kind of went into like, the road on zone of 
backs against the wall. We're just it's just about seeing out these last few minutes. And there were a couple of not hairy moments, but moments where he had to just sort of dominate air really and just block and and so on. But yeah, Ampadu was unreal. Like unreal. Like what in in some ways one of his sort of less yeah. showy performances because there yeah. weren't any super aggressive tackles or like long kind of raking passes and stuff. But everything he needed to do he he did and he did it so well it would be easy to to not even really notice it because he was probably operating at like a higher level it was wonderful and, and ben davis was was good he kind of made up made up the three um really 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 well it's a it's a lovely back three they complement each it? other really really well i think it'd be good to um i, I wouldn't mind maybe one or maybe even two of them staying for the, for the for the game on tuesday um, it's not looking at combinations, but if you think of, you know, someone like Ben Kamango, you know, probably could do with a, a run out for us. Against good opposition as well, the Czechs are not a bad team by any means. They'll be on a little bit of a downer after losing the other night as well, obviously, in their playoff. But the sense that, you know, you could put a Kamango in alongside these players who just know the routine, they know the drills, they know the calls, that the partnership, that unit is just a, a one in which they, you know, believe and they trust each other. It'd be good just to blood someone like Kamango. In, in that kind of unit, I think. But um, I, I, I don't look too far ahead to Tuesday because I, I, I haven't said anywhere near enough about, about Thursday. <laughs> um. No, I, I would say Harry Wilson, I was really impressed with. One of his best games, I thought, yeah. for quite a while. It seemed like a really mature performance as well. And he, I mean, he's probably never going to shine when he's with some of the players he's with. But I think it was it was a performance of just like really kind of quiet quality, I thought. And he, and he stuck at it and he didn't disappear. And I, I, I was pretty impressed with him and his attitude. He looked really comfortable. Yeah, mature, I think, is a good word for it. He's having to adapt his game probably, I'm trying to think now on the spot a little bit, probably nobody in that starting 11 is having to adapt their game anywhere near the extent that, that he had to last night. That's a big call. That there's a there's a selflessness to a certain extent being required of him in yeah. that, isn't it? You know, Ramsey yeah, Ramsey to a certain extent, but you know, is able to more or less play his game. Bale does what he wants. Nico and Connor, I think unless there's kind of something very, very kind of tactically nuanced, are playing their usual games. Okay, Nico's on the left rather than the right, but I don't think fundamentally it changes a huge amount. Joe Allen just is is, is it's the Joe Allen role. Wilson in that starting lineup and that formation last night is having to adapt his game a lot. And to be fair, and I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent convinced by him. But credit where it's due, a mature performance and one in which he showed quite a lot of selflessness. And I think that's that that should be given you know the credit that it's due. Yeah, well, he closed down really well and really consistently. Mm. Um, and it, it came over to me that he understood what his role was. And if he did that role, he would get some love from his manager, and that's probably that's probably something he, he would need, I think. Um, and maybe as well, he's benefiting from playing well for Fulham in a winning team, so he maybe doesn't feel he's not bringing any kind of frustrations to the pitch. He's happy at club level, yeah. so he's able to sacrifice himself and not not stress out too much playing for us. So that that was really good to see. Nico Williams, I thought, was really really good. Still defensively, mm. <laughs> I don't. That's like that's a work on, obviously, and but playing on the left hand side, it's naturally going to be harder for him to defend on that side. But going forward was good, um, not flawless, but he, he's a real, a real threat. And I think it's going to be really interesting. 
by the time June comes, whether he's kind of kicked on another gear because he will have played like another 15, 15 games or something um, before the end of the season. So if he's able to kick on again and find like uh, find more of his potential, which is which is quite obvious, that that will be really positive. Some of those rough edges that he's got, I mean, clearly they, they need polishing off, but it's just. I'm just really, really looking forward to watching them be, get polished off and just improve game on game, which I think he will do. I think you, you know, I don't disagree with you. I think you're right. He can kick on. Will he kick on with the run of games? Hopefully, I think he will. But you just see him. He's not far off twenty caps now, and it's kind of like they've they've almost kind of been accrued in like a blink of an eye. Um, mm. And you know, Page clearly believes in him. Um, I think it helps that he's got Ben Davis just tucked in. Behind, positionally, you know, really, really good defender, unfussy, calming, just a really like assured presence. Um, you know, as well as you know, he's played a lot, a lot of professional games and a lot of caps. I think that helps Nico. It's the old cliche, isn't it? I sometimes wonder, watching him, does he know what he's going to do next? I don't think he does. Well, if he doesn't, then nor does the, nor does the opposing fullback know. Um, and that little kind of trickery that he did in the in the corner early on in the game. Where he was pinned down, there were two, and he still got past them. Just, just, just wonderful. And uh, yeah, and you can, again, you can just see, just kind of, just, just grows in the belief. But even if he doesn't get something wrong, he just seems to forget about it immediately and just crack on. Such a good, good temperament. Such a good temperament on him. Yeah, well, that's really impressive. There was that crazy pass he attempted quite early on. Um, that was nearly a complete disaster. You know, where he kind of did the crossfield pass. Pretty much in line with oh, yeah. the, edge, the edge of the penalty area, um, and that kind of that could have clearly could have had, turned into like way 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 worse of a situation. Um, but it, it didn't affect his confidence, and he just kept on going. I mean, I think this is something I remember uh, Jurgen Klopp saying prior to kind of loaning him out was he was a player who they were you can't play fullback for him if you're not willing to take risks and you know, push it as, as hard as you can. And and he, he was saying Nico is one of these guys who will push it and will will take risks. And that, that's, that's quite obvious um, after looking at that pass. But yeah, he, he was really good. And he I think he will get better. To me, it's interesting whether physically what he's going to do, whether there'll be that kind of added kind of power to the, the pace he already has. That'll be interesting if he kind of grows into that. Yeah. Um, or whether he'll be more of a playmaker from that position but it's looking really really good the way things are falling but as well you look at the, right now yeah you look at the physical transformation that Bale made from being a teenager a young man into his early 20s and how he developed physically and you think well actually if Nico's got maybe he probably hasn't got any more growing to do in terms of height but he's going to fill out a little bit if he can add power and I'm not saying he's, he's not without it now but if he can add power in the way that Bale did and have a bit more of that explosiveness, he's going to be an incredible handful. Yeah, potentially. I think just just kind of, it's just popped into my mind now, with, and it's crazy to be looking this far ahead, as well after having talked about Harry Wilson, as well as Wilson did, I'm still kind of, he's not as good as Aaron Ramsey in that forward-ish position. I mean, that, that should go without saying, really. Um, you'd think you can't really move Ampadu from the back, given how well he played. I'd be a little bit, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with Ramsey in that midfield position a bit deeper. I, I mean, it's not his best position. That's kind of, I don't think anyone really would argue that. Um, you're just taking away quite a bit from the team, I think, 
by having Ramsey deeper. That, that that's one little that'll be an interesting selection thing, which I'm sure Robert Page will knock out of the park when it comes to the June game. I don't know what what do you think, Ralph? I agree. I, I think it takes a little bit out of his game, and therefore you need, in terms of attacking sense, you need the likes of James, you need the likes of Bale, likes of Bale to be absolutely on their game in order to come to to compensate for that. Which sounds silly that you're asking Bale to be on top of his game, but we've also seen him try a little bit too hard, having to come really deep too often to get up on the ball and to affect the game. He didn't have to do that anywhere near as often last night as he as he, as he has been doing. It's great then when someone like Bale puts in that level of performance. But we do, I think, lose something a little bit from, from Ramsey's game when he's in that role. Having said that, he also reads the game incredibly well. And just towards the very, very end where he was wide left and he just kept the hold of the ball. He knew exactly what he needed to do um, on the touchline and then eventually just wins a free kick. Just takes to a, just that game management on his part, even if he's having to sacrifice a little bit from his attacking instinct and his attacking game. Just having that caliber of an intellect is so 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 valuable. Yeah, it's, it re- it really is superb, and he was really unlucky not to score because that was a superb save from the keeper in the uh, in the first half. It was a really good save. Well, I was in the Ninians, and I and so I'm seeing it from like, the other side of the the other side of the pitch, and it looked and and to be honest, there was a few people giving him pelters around me, thinking ah. Oh. You know, he's missed a sitter there. It looked like he'd put it wide. And it's only when, again, when I went back and watched the highlights, it's a terrific save. I, th- I thought he was their man of the match, um, their, their keeper. Lindner, is it, I think? He, you know, he, he kept them in that game. Couldn't do anything with the two goals. I thought he was unlucky to be um, to be on the losing side in, in, in some respects. Um, and, you know, you talk about Bale and, and we talk about Ramsey and, and, and putting in you know, really big performances, in particular Bale, clearly. They're two best players. And Otovic Alaba almost kind of shrank in stature and influence as the game went on. Did you, did you think? Yeah, I mean, I just, I haven't done research into this. I'm sure when, when you speak to Leon, he will have more to say. But the quality of Alaba and playing him at left back, I just cannot understand it. I, I would love to know the kind of the rationale behind that. I mean, even playing him at centre back, I think he'd be a better or more influential playmaker for the team um it just seems crazy and yeah you're right he didn't this quality was like clear every single time he got the ball but it didn't take much to shut him down that's one thing i would say the, the, like especially like the early press on him was clearly something that had been worked on mm. uh, and it worked and even when he kind of grew when when austria had that kind of period of possession in the second half it didn't really affect the game that much he was he was there playmaker their best their best player kind of technique wise and he was the one they were looking to but he he couldn't really make any kind of serious effect on the game and up front I mean I think Joe Rodon had a tough time with um Natovic, particularly in the beginning but yeah there was nothing kind of he didn't produce anything concrete other than looking good on the ball and lo- looking strong um so yeah I, I guess Austria would be disappointed yeah. In how little they, they created. Yeah. And the goal, their goal was, you know, it was lucky. A deflection can happen. Um, it wasn't a shot that was troubling Hennessy. No, he, you know, he had it covered and, until, and it yeah, he had it covered until Davis kind of almost, almost kind of like, he almost like trodden the ball, doesn't it? It was something like he mm. put it into the ground and that's what caused it to, to loop up. We probably gave him a little bit too much space on the edge of the area to get the shot off, but um, one of the few mistakes we made. But yeah, no, you're right. I thought Sabitzer actually was probably, in terms of those, you know, their offensive players, I thought was, was probably you know was their pick for me. I thought I, I was quite impressed with him. 
and uh, Tom from the the other Bundesliga um, when he uh, he he gave his little kind of guest contribution for us in the last episode had sort of said that he was someone to, to watch out for. I think there's somebody they've got. Um, well, I say high hopes for him. Mean, he's got like thirty odd caps already, but again. Um, you know, a bit like you know, you like Savan Padu and Nico Williams has earned a lot of those caps at a young age. I think he's somebody who they they're gonna look to um, to want to kind of build a team around going forward. But yeah, Alaba and, and Arnautovic just for me they just began to not put a stamp on the game as you expect players of their ability, caliber, and also number of caps to do. And maybe that's a reflection of the coach well, isn't it, as well, not... isn't it? Like you said, yeah, yeah. That that's what I was going to say. There's something if you particularly if you contrast it to the spirit of our group, there's something missing in their group. <laughs> that, that's quite apparent because at a couple of points, it looked like they were, if not losing their heads, and, and definitely they didn't down tools, but they, were, they weren't going that extra. They weren't doing that extra sprint, I don't think, to try and win that game. It certainly didn't appear that way, or, and they hadn't been set up to enable them to do that. What's really good, I think, from our point of view, is Austria are not a bad team. They're not a brilliant team, but they're not not a bad team by any means. Austria just got beaten by the better team. We were yeah. just better than them. And and that's actually a really, really lovely thing to say. Like we've had Canadian, yeah. well, we have won convert backs to the wall, which is like less, way less often now. But um, we're kind of getting into that habit. If you think back to Turkey, we can be the better team and we can just basically steamroll teams that aren't as good as us. And these, these teams that aren't as good as us are actually quite quite decent teams very respectable teams um and i think that's kind of what happened and we had a, a manager who set the team up to its strengths got everything right theirs didn't so yeah i mean austria could have no complaints and i'm sure they wouldn't either no no so yeah you mentioned leon earlier speaking of the devil he's um he can't join us for this at the moment but we'll we'll, we'll, we'll hear from him in a bit for sure briefly rich what do you want to see on on, on tuesday is it a complete kind of shadow 11 is it you know, really fringe players, or is it just a, a smattering of them? Uh, how, how do you see, um, how, how would you want to see Tuesday be approached? Well, I'm someone who prides myself on caring about every single game. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, mean, I have to say, I've not really given it any thought. I'm just so excited. Yeah. I mean, it does seem completely right. But we do have a home unbeaten record to preserve, which I think is of value. I think that that is something that is worth worth preserving. Um I, I mean, the people like Rodon, I think, why not give him another 70, 80 minutes? Why not 90 minutes for Rodon? Um, and maybe you could kind of, I think, it wouldn't. you're probably going to see Chris Gunter, I would have thought. Um, yeah, Cabango potentially. Davis, maybe give him a half. I wouldn't... I mean, part of me thinks it would be quite incredible to see Gareth Bale starting the game. <laughs> just, just for the sheer... Um, just rage that would emanate from <laughs> from uh, that clubby place. Where I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what they called? Yeah, yeah, another ones. Yeah, yeah, whoever they are. But um, give Brendan Johnson a start. I think that will be really good for him for his development. Um, mm. Maybe give Nico a more attacking role just to see how he feel. How kind of we can incorporate that. I mean, I say give him a more attacking role. All he did was attack. <laughs> yeah. it's not about where you play and that's all he's going to do but yeah. maybe you can give him a a role further higher up the pitch to begin with because I'm sort of interested to see what he can do um, yeah I, I would say not not a complete turnaround 
give people minutes and just kind of obviously there's, there's going to be a lot of substitutions but just try just try and keep the unbeaten run going and we don't know what kind of what Czech Republic team is going to show up how they're going to be feeling um so there's nothing to suggest we should be like thinking we're, we're going to lose this game like who cares I, I think we should give people minutes work on stuff bearing in mind that you know we have got incredibly important games coming up so yeah there's always going to be things to work on yeah, and given that we don't know, obviously, when the fixture is going to be played in June, but I think in that context, ordinarily, yeah, it's a friendly, it doesn't really matter. But like you said, that unbeaten run at home, I think is important in the context of whoever comes to us for that playoff, whether it's Scotland or Ukraine, it could be that we've got you know one or two Nations League games already under our belt by the time that finally gets comes around to happening. But it, it would be great for them to know that we haven't lost a home for however many games it is, rather than oh, it's only one defeat in so many games, but that defeat was in the last one. It just creates that that sense that you're coming to somewhere that's a bit of a fortress and nobody leaves with the points, or very rarely do they ever leave with the points. Yeah. That's really, really important in the context of what is now, you know, if this was a, a cup final of sorts, that is a, you know, a cup final. It's the cup final. To end them all. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm incredibly confident. I'm like an optimistic person, I think, but I think it's totally justified neither ukraine or or scotland um can live with us at home they just can't can't be done um if we've got our best team or near enough i mean we were missing our number one choice goalkeeper last night we were missing Kiefer Moore last night and we still absolutely mm. did the job we smashed them ukraine or scotland cannot live with us and they won't but it's still it's still the cup final of all cup finals Absolutely, and that, but at that level of performance, I, I, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, what a terrific night! What a, a wonderful weekend just to sort of to, to bask in it and to and to continue to to savour it. Um, it must be a, such an amazing camp at the minute in the hotel for them down in the Vale, um, just chilled, knowing they've done the job. Another little run out, another couple of days, just enjoy each other's company, which clearly they all do. And you know, even the players that you know, let's be honest, you know, Johnny Williams, not he's not going to get a sniff. In competitive games going forward let's be honest but he's still in the camp he was absolutely loving the lap of honor at the end he's larking about with bale chris gunter is pretty much the first man or second man to celebrate with bale for the second goal <laughs> you know <laughs> couldn't keep still on the touchline he was forever warming up and again it was unlikely ever to get on last night that level of camaraderie is is just amazing to see, and 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 it comes back to what you were saying at the start. We feed off that then as a as a squad, don't we? As a as a crowd, off that that, that belief and that and that bond that's 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 within the squad. It's amazing, amazing, really. Yeah, definitely. And like, don't don't underestimate as well. Um, I mean, Danny Ward and Kiefer Moore were there. That's huge to me. I mean, I'm sure like fans of other countries. Mm. We would know if this was true or not. But I mean, how often do you see that really? Unless it's like an iconic player maybe who's out injured and it is literally the ultimate final or something along those lines. But I mean, Danny Ward and Kiefer Moore have got like rehab to do. They've got lives to live outside of football, but they were there injured supporting the team in the, in the playoff semi-final. I mean, that that's not nothing. That That is quite significant, I think. And it does speak to the, the spirit 
the guide. To be fair, man, this what Johnny Williams has been doing for years. But yeah, no, I take I'd absolutely, <laughs> absolutely take your point. Well, enjoy the rest of um, the rest of the weekend. Enjoy Tuesday. I will. Going to hear from Leon in a moment to see how the result has gone down and the performance has gone down in Austria. He'd have enjoyed himself, wouldn't he? I, I, do, I, I mean, if we if we heard, has he even gone home yet after the game? Is he he's just still in that Irish bar? Is it? Do you think? I, I, anything is possible. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I know he put on our WhatsApp, but he was he was jealous of us all all being in Cardiff for the game, but. I thought part of me was sort of a little bit envious that just the, the, the sitting there with that smug, smug grin, but, but deservedly smug as well. That's the point. I can't imagine there'd be many Austrian fans coming up to him. He was saying he, was, he wasn't entitled to have, uh, have that sort of smug grin on his face. But uh, yeah, we'll hear from him in a bit anyway. Um, Rich, a pleasure as always. Yeah, yeah, a pleasure. Hello, it's Leon here, uh, calling in from Innsbruck in Tyrol, Western Austria. Uh, where I live and where I watched the game on Thursday night, surrounded by Austrians who were disappointed, obviously, but not particularly surprised. I would say there wasn't a great deal of hope and expectation amongst Austrian fans for a number of reasons. One being that they had a very poor campaign, finishing fourth in a group and only got a playoff as a result of the Nations League. Um, they got outplayed by Scotland recently. They're very down on the manager, Foda, and uh, they're aware of just how good our, our home record is. So, having said all that, of course, they uh, have some very good players, and um, that there was hope that those, those players who've unlike our kind of very, very good players have actually been playing this season and playing well, the likes of Alaba for, for Real Madrid and uh, Anotovic for Bologna in Syria, that, you know, they could take some form into the game and maybe catch us out because uh, a number of our players haven't really played a huge amount of football this season. When I saw the team that Paige picked, I, my first thought was, well, he's just, he's giving the fans what they, they wanted there. I think we, we seem kind of like outliers really and everyone else was, wanted him to go for it with this attacking team and, and basically in the, in the absence of Joe Morrell, play, play Harry Wilson in midfield instead. Um, and not in the same role, obviously, but, you know, basically ask Ramsey to play deeper. That was something of a concern for us, I would say. Um, for us, meaning on podcast Peldroid, because uh, we've kind of seen Ramsey play in a, in a midfield two before, because we didn't really expect Wilson to sort of come back and sort of do a lot of defending and sort of, you know, deep lying midfield shape. So I was a little, I was kind of thinking, well, a bit apprehensive about that. But at the same time, when when a manager does pick an attacking lineup with some informed players, I mean Harry Wilson, you have to say he's having a fantastic season. Uh, there is a bit of excitement as well. Can't can't really help it. Um, but in the first twenty minutes, really, I didn't think it was going to plan. Um, I thought my 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 worst fears were sort of coming to fruition, I thought that uh, 
we were far too open in midfield. I thought that poor Joe Allen was having to get through a hell of a lot of work. I think it was Bunny Rone in The Guardian in his piece about Bale said that in the first 20 minutes, Allen was trying to cover so much space he looked like a, uh, a lone forklift in a giant warehouse, which is a good line. Um, and they opened us up. I mean, uh, Baumgartner really should have scored after five minutes or so. It's a brilliant piece of defending from Nico Williams to sort of just get a touch on, which probably made all the difference and the ball hit the bar. And then there was... Um, Alaba got forward into sort of dangerous position, into the sort of number 10 position. Put a brilliant pass through to... I think it was Anortovic who might have been offside and it was, it was worrying because Austria were not just dominating possession but they were actually creating chances as well but goals change games and that's a cliche because it's true and Bale's goal changed the whole feel of the occasion really and gave gave everyone confidence gave the, the fans confidence the rest of his teammates confidence it's just insane Insane technique for that goal. Dare I say it, a little bit like a uh, a golf shot. You put it in the one place that <laughs> the only place you could put it. Um, and from that point on, we look more confident. Um, Bale is the greatest Welsh sports person of all time. There's no question about that in my mind. You can you can argue about number two. If you want, if it's Calzaghi or Gareth Edwards, Tanny Gray Thompson, you know, whoever, but Bale is number one. There's no debate, no debate. It's it's not a question because great players do it on the big stage. And uh, once again, he came, he came to the fore when we needed him. Absolutely exceptional performance from him and um, I was slightly kind of concerned in the build-up to the match in terms of looking at our sort of talismanic forward in comparison to their talismanic forward in Anortovic who's a similar age I think they're both 32 Anortovic has a, a similar goal scoring record at international level actually I think he's got 32 in 95 games or so Bale 36 in 100 prior to Thursday. And I thought what might might make the difference, worryingly for us, is that Anotovic is the one who has some form. He's been playing well for Bologna this season, scoring goals. Bale has, well, has got nothing to show for this season, basically. So that was a worry. I need not worry because what turned out to be the difference is that Bale is a great player, whereas... Anotovic is simply a very good player. Great players produce great moments on great occasions, in finals, in crucial World Cup qualifiers when their when team really needs them. Bale does that. Anotovic gets frustrated, starts admonishing his teammates, flapping his arms about. His ego gets in the way. He's a very good player. He's not great. I don't know. There's not much more to say about Bale. I think mean, a lot of people have said a lot of things and uh, surely can say them a lot better than I can. Um, but I want to mention Joe Allen because the level of 
work rate and you know just diligence just exceptional again and we've kind of we sort of slightly start to write him off maybe and think ah there's a move to Stoke kind of is it catching up with him and then he'll he'll produce like that phenomenal performance against uh, Hungary three years ago and uh, another vintage Joe Allen performance the other day against Austria absolutely outstanding and I'm going to say I think you know Austria's tactics kind of played into our hands somewhat um Playing Alaba at left back rather than in midfield was a mistake because he was outstanding in midfield. In midfield, the last two times we played against him uh, in Cardiff 2017 in in Vienna 2016, I think he set up both of Anatovic's goals that night. But that's you know that's Austria's issue. That's uh, that's Foda's thing, and I was yeah I was pleased that Alaba played at left back at least. Were something else I wanted to say was that the crowd was outstanding and really is like a 12th man sort of thing. Um, after the double header against Belarus and Belgium, I, we, the first thing we started the podcast with was a lot of praise for Robert Page, quite rightly as well. But it's funny, after this game, I wasn't really thinking about Page and tactics and selection so much. It was about it's more about the occasion, about the crowd, about Bale's greatness. Those are the things that got us through, perhaps more than Page. No, I'm not saying that Page had nothing to do with us beating Austria the other night. Obviously, he did. He's the manager, um, so credit to him as well. But it just it just wasn't really in my thinking after the game, after the result. Whereas after the Belgium game, it was it, it was all about Page for me. But this was this was a different sort of occasion. And uh, we're at home for the next one, Scotland or Ukraine. And uh, that is something that really makes me confident we can do it and finally get to a, a World Cup after 64 years. Let's hope so. Dioch, Bosta. Oh, yeah.